0: Hey everybody! This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is October twentieth, twenty twenty. We have our, our October twenty eighth. I can't even talk because a hurricane is bearing down upon us. And Atlanta United lost to Orlando four to one tonight in a game that they're they're not eliminated from the MLS playoffs. Uh, But they they might as well be. Um, It's going to be really, really tough for them to make even the 10th spot now. Um, But that's how it goes. As always, you can find me on Twitter at JC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And as he has so graciously done many, many games over the past three-plus years, Jason Longshore of Soccer Down Here in 92.9 has joined me to break down this game that started so brightly for Atlanta United and then ended as so many of them do.
1: Yep, that about sums it up. It was frustrating because Atlanta United was on the front foot early on, created chances, looked good, uh, gave up a goal against the run of play. All right, it's not good. Keep going. Give up a goal on a free kick before the end of the half. <sighs> it gets worse. He'll come out the second half and look good and then give up a third goal and it's done. And then you look dead. And then Kubo Torres finally scores and then you give up a fourth goal. It takes two deflections and sums up 2020.
0: Yeah. Just to go through the stats really quickly. Um, Atlanta United had six shots, I think in the first 20 minutes, uh, but uh, none obviously went into the goal. And then Daryl DK, who If there were still a Rookie of the Year award, would probably get it, but now it's been changed, so he's not going to get it. Uh, Scored in the 29th minute, and no one is – I was trying to ask Glass this, but I couldn't get in the queue in time. What happened between Anton Walks and Fernando Meza on the goal? I can make assumptions as to what happened. But he scored in the 29th minute, and then I thought some of the air went out of Atlanta United's balloon then – and then Chris Mueller was fouled by Lawrence White, who was making his second start since March. Uh, he took the free kick. It was 30, 35 yards, somewhere in that range. Oh, 30, Coach, yeah. Yeah, great free kick in the second minute of uh, extra time at the end of first half uh, to give Orlando a 2-0 lead. And at that point, Atlanta United was done. Uh, but Tisho Ekandeli scored in the 60th minute. He had a goal wiped out uh, after DK's first goal. Uh, that Atlanta United, uh, you know, another referee might have let it go, but DK's foul on the goal, but it didn't matter. And then uh, Mateus Ayas uh, scored, uh, and that's being generous. In the second minute of uh, stoppage time in the second half, it was a free kick that took two deflections uh, before it kind of gradually rolled across the line uh, to give give Orlando a 4-1 lead. Atlanta United's goal was scored by Eric Torres. uh, His first goal for the season, it was a a header off of a corner kick, I think it was. Yeah, I can't remember if it was a corner or just a general free kick. But really, 87th minute, it was too little too late uh, for Atlanta United. Uh, 11 shots in the first half, 14 overall, just three on goal. And that includes the first shot on goal by Barco that I'm not convinced was actually a shot on goal. Galiz saved it. I think if he'd have let it roll, it would have gone wide. But you know, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, So at the end of the night, the Eastern Conference teams have all wrapped up their games on Wednesday. Atlanta United drops to 13th in the East. It was in 12th. It has 19 points. It trails 12th place DC United, uh, which has 21 points. It trails 11th place Chicago Fire, which has 21 points. It trails 10th place Inter Miami which has 21 points, and I'll go ahead and throw in Montreal because Atlanta United could still get six points from its remaining two games. It trails the impact uh, by four points. Montreal has 23. Nashville has clinched a playoff spot. Congrats to Gary Smith and and the guys in Music City uh, for a great season. So really Atlanta United, in my opinion, is battling for the 10th spot. I don't think it can hope to get the ninth spot because there's too many teams between it. And Cincinnati actually remarkably is still in play for the 10th spot because it has 16 points. It trails Inter-Miami by five. Uh, Sunday is
1: essentially a play-in game to keep your hopes alive.
0: Yeah, again, Inter-Miami has 21 points. Atlanta United hosts Cincinnati on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And you want to think, well, that's three points for Atlanta United, except you can't say that this year because you just can't. We have a season full of stats and data and results to show otherwise. So there were some interesting decisions made by Stephen Glass tonight. Um, Lawrence White in his second start since March at right fullback in place of Brooks Lennon, who has arguably been at United's MVP this season. Uh, I asked Glass after the game why White started, and he said they thought that he gave them more on defense, um, ironically if you want to blame players for goals white could be blamed for two of the goals allowed i don't i'm not really into that uh but those are just kind of how the stats kind of played out and how the game played out to his credit white came on post game and talked about his performance and, and and uh admitted that one of the goals was his fault uh, i don't know how much of the game he can remember because once the players get in these Zoom calls, there's a lot of things rolling through their minds and it's hard to break down things. Um, Moreno got another start, which I was a little bit surprised by. Barco got another start. Jürgen Damm got another start. And then in one of the bigger surprises, Adam John came in for John Gallagher tonight against Orlando. Um, and, it, again, Atlanta looked good, but just nothing really, really seemed to be clicking. And that's been the case all season.
1: I think they looked their, their best for a while in this one. Um, when you get that group playing together a little bit longer, you'd expect that. You created 10 chances on the night, which is good. You get to double digits. That's a good night. But you don't get anything to show for it. And that's just the, the, the biggest issue here is it feels like in some ways we're back to the MLS's back tournament in that, you know, you lose – you lose tonight. You lost your second game against Cincinnati. We had thought, you know, for a long time that you were going to need more than three points to get into the next round in that tournament. Uh-huh. It turned out the way all the other results went, if you'd won your last game, you would have got into the next round. Tonight, you get all these other good results going your way. Uh, Dallas coming back and beating Miami is good. Miami's going to be missing Leandro Gonzalez-Perez on yellow card accumulation. Eventually, Nicholas Figal. I don't know who plays in the back for them. In their next match, uh, Francisco Calvo red carded tonight. He's going to miss Chicago's next match. Like, you've got, you had things that fell your way. A win tonight would have been huge. You don't get it. Now it looks like six points could get you in, but you got to find six points. <laughs> that's the thing is we, we talked to all this. It's like, oh, that's good. It's promising. Okay, cool. You haven't won in a while yeah. because you're playing better, you're creating more chances. You're not scoring goals early, and it comes down to that. Tonight, the biggest thing for me, I mean, I'm glad Lawrence White came out and talked. That's good for him. Um, I thought he started really well. I thought after the first goal, which, in my opinion, came against the run of play, I'm with you. I think it's miscommunication between Walks and Meza. Uh, Walks had lost DK one time before as well. I don't know how close to 100% Anton Walks was. He came out early in the second half after getting clipped by DK. I don't know if he was anywhere close to 100% to start. Then Wyke had to move at the center back. Wyke was shaky at center back. He was shaky after the goal was conceded. It was a little surprising. um, because I thought he started really well.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, he was put in a position – it was going to be tough for him to succeed tonight he um, was
1: succeeding up until the first goal he was really playing well up until the first goal and then it, it felt like it knocked his confidence a little bit and he got hesitant and moving to center back I mean he's your fifth center back on the depth chart I think is is a safe number to put on him and, I mean it showed
0: it yeah showed. I mean, that, that's kind of my point about it was gonna to be tough for him to succeed because the, the, he just doesn 't have the experience, and so you know any mistake is going to be magnified he He could lose his confidence, and that 's what looked to kind of be what happened um, yeah it wasn't he even was probably problem. lucky to not get a yellow card early he He ran through an Orlando player um, and then kind of ran away even before the referee could pull off the yellow card, which it was a smart move by him, but he probably deserved a yellow on the play. Um, but anyway, this this is not on Wike at all. Uh no. this this is just a systemic issue with the, with this team all season. Um it it can't score. It did create chances tonight. Um trying to think. Well, we obviously had Torres goal. We had the one play that Barco the ball came to him in the middle of the box. This was in the second half. And I don't know if he got pushed from behind or what, but he never made contact with the ball and ended up rolling into the back of the net. Yeah, Um, there was a
1: little bit of contact, not enough for a penalty, but there was contact that either he thought it was coming faster, he thought he could draw the penalty there, he he mistimed it, I'm not sure. But, yeah, that was one that, man, you'd like to have back.
0: It was just – it was, you know, anyway. um, to, To me, I tweeted this. Barco is not a designated player that is going to carry a team into the playoffs. He's more of a complimentary guy, a TAM guy than a DP. I can understand why Atlanta United paid for him to be a DP two plus seasons ago, however long it was, but it, it's just not working out. And it's difficult to, for me at least to think it's going to work out because we've seen him playing with some of Atlanta United's best players. And now we've seen him when Atlanta United is struggling and it's just not there's no consistency anywhere. Uh, Moreno tonight had some flashes, but it's obvious he's still trying to work on his game legs, work on his chemistry with his teammates. Uh, Jurgen Dahm started brightly, and then after Orlando got its goal, that kind of negates his abilities uh, because teams can sit back, take away the space that he needs to use that speed, um, and that's what Orlando was able to do. Uh Rosetto, yeah, I, thought, I thought started okay and then just kind of disappeared. Um, uh, which has, in my opinion, been the case with him most of the season.
1: I I'm I disagree with you on Hosetsu. Okay. I, I I mean the numbers are are good on him anyway, but I didn't think he disappeared at all. Um he's more of a deep lying player than a hindman who is gonna show up more in the attacking moments, which if you want that, that's a different conversation. But josetsu might have missed one pass all night, 95%, I believe, is what his number was, created chances as well, One tackles. He is the good pair for Mo Adams, who is going to take more chances as a six. If wow. you're playing somebody who's going to stay home more, I think you can get away with Hindman and Moreno more because Hindman's going to stay higher. But if you're going to play Adams and try to be more mobile centrally, I think Josette is the better pairing with him.
0: I, I do agree with that. Um, I thought Adams was probably the man of the match for Atlanta United tonight. Very no, good, again. No, no been, offense to Torres. Um, yeah, he's been very good. He looked Nagby like to me in some of his little shimmies and, and hip swivels and feints and stuff to get out of tight places. He carried the ball forward very well, very aggressively. I thought these are the performances that he can build off of. But he, he, I guess this is my – and this is, you know, just looking at stats and things like that. Each of the team's five wins this season have come with Heinemann in the lineup. So there's something about having Heinemann as that attacking midfielder and either LaRuwitz or Rometty behind him that seems to work for this team in getting three points. And I can't – I don't know why. I'd have to go back and watch the games
1: yeah I don't uh, think it's on Hedman just being there I, no I no it's it's
0: a lot more than that, so, so I don't know what the total things are. I just know that when Hydman starts it's like when the Lorutowitz stat last year when Lortinowitz yeah. starts for whatever reason it went out and won. when Heinman starts this season and they've lost some uh, you know they've lost a good bit with him, but their only games they won are when he's in the lineup um and I don't know why, but that's just how it is um so looking at some of the other results tonight, uh super quick. Um, Red Bulls beat New England, one to nothing. That really doesn't affect Atlanta United a great deal. Sporting Kansas City beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati had a penalty kick go off the post. And their final game at Nippert Stadium. Uh that three points from Cincinnati could have buried Atlanta United tonight, but it didn't happen. Uh Orlando, we obviously know, beat Atlanta United four-to-one. Philadelphia. Uh, rallied uh, from a 1-1 draw to beat Chicago, which was playing with 10 men for most of the game. Uh, they won that 2-1. NYCFC uh, beat Toronto, which is really, really struggling right now, uh, one to nothing. Uh,
1: D- beat-up Toronto team.
0: Yeah, yeah. DC United continued its hot streak with, what does it have now, seven points or ten points in its last four games. And adding a little bit of insult to injury, it was Emil Assad to Julian Grussell on their winning goal against Columbus tonight. Uh, Minnesota uh, beat Colorado 2-1, to one, which doesn't really matter, as I'm reading across the sports strip on mlssoccer.com. And then FC Dallas beat Miami 2-1. to one. And I bring this one up because Miami's place is obviously important to it, but FC Dallas' goal was scored because Leandro Gonzalez-Perez was called for a penalty in the box. Dallas got the uh, the, free, the penalty kick and converted. So what Gressel and Assad did to hurt Atlanta United, Karma turns around and Leandro Gonzalez Perez helps Atlanta United by gifting DC uh, by gifting Dallas a chance at a goal.
1: I'm assuming that's where he picked up his yellow that put him over the limit as well.
0: Uh, I don't know. It really, I thought it was kind of a weak penalty, um, but referees at this point, I just give up on. Uh, a couple of other just kind of funny results. Portland is beating LA Galaxy three to one. They were already up three to nothing at the end of the first half. You got to figure uh, Skeleto's days are gone.
1: Galaxy yeah, put on him. It looks like.
0: Yeah, LAFC is beating Houston two to nothing, and San Jose off a wonder strike from Chris Wondolowski. And I'm being sarcastic because it was like a one yard tap in. Are beating Real Salt Lake one to nothing.
1: Hey, Wanda's made a living on this. <laughs>
0: I know that was kind of why I was being sarcastic. <laughs> so, um, Atlanta United. It can beat Cincinnati. Can it beat Columbus?
1: The way Columbus is playing right now, yeah. The way Atlanta is playing right now, no. It's got to be better. I mean, Columbus, yeah. is, Columbus has been poor for a little while now. I think the, the idea that Columbus was the best team in the East left us back at the beginning of the fall.
0: Yeah, and I thought they would be, but they've, they've struggled. They've won one of their past seven.
1: Yeah, they've had injuries, and that's definitely hurt them. Everybody has. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the story of 2020. Yeah, I mean, if, if Cincinnati can beat Columbus, Atlanta can beat Columbus, but Atlanta's got to just score goals. Like, it, it really it, – there's no more analysis to do. There's no more breaking down of, you know, the the chances need to come from the left side and from the right side and this and that. It's down to getting the job done. I mean, it sounds simplistic, but it's still there for you on the table. You know, everybody else should have picked up points tonight. You should have been looking at probably, you know, being done by the end of the night. You're not, you actually do still have a door open. You look at the results you need, they're not crazy to expect. I mean, it's not like anybody outside of D.C. in this combination of teams we've talked about is playing well. D.C. is the hottest team out of this group.
0: Yeah, so let's let's look at their remaining schedules. We'll start with Miami first. They have to go on the road to a Toronto team uh, that has won – has lost two consecutive. But they um, might
1: not have a starting center back on the field.
0: Right. Um, and then they're, they're at home against Cincinnati, which that is a huge, be huge game. Yep. So that's going to be really tough for Atlanta United. Um, D.C. goes to New England um, in its next game. And New England is winless in its past three. And then it finishes versus Montreal. And that could be the game to decide the final playoff spot.
1: That's the one when you really start to, to go, like, picking results and who's going to be favored, this and that. It really could come down to you needing a win on the final day in Columbus and that match needing to be a draw.
0: Yep. Montreal goes – or, I'm sorry, hosts Orlando. And then is at, as we said, D.C. United. Um, At Audi Field, which apparently is like letting the grass grow to the rough at my golf course here in Carrollton, Sunset Hills. Uh, the past few games based upon they're a pretty what I'm slow on game,
1: so I can't really well, blame.
0: I mean, I can remember when Atlanta United went there, and it literally – the grass looked like it was three inches thick, mm-hmm. uh, yep. tall. And, and oh, yeah, it, I remember. It, it, they mowed it, was, it after the
1: game. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen.
0: Yeah. Um, it looks like they're back to doing that again. Um, <laughs> so I just – you know, I would love for Atlanta United to make the playoffs because it gives me more things to write about and more things to do. But looking at the remaining schedules and the f- current form and things like that, I, I just can't – I don't see it happening.
1: You know, it's funny. Like, looking at the current schedules, I can absolutely see it happening. Looking at the way Atlanta United is playing at the moment, I can't see it happening. That's the, that's the frustrating thing about the way these last three have gone. You know, Toronto, you should have gotten a point. You didn't. A late goal killed you you should have going into it, beaten DC. You didn't, you, you came back to get, put yourself in a position for a point. You threw that away tonight. You played better than you probably did in those last two games and you lost four, one, you know, like it's, it's frustrating because this team should be getting results in those last three games that would put them in a different position but they have zero to show for it and now they have to play better than that and get results in these last two and have to hope for some help some of it's reasonable help some of it you're going to need a little bit of luck that it it really
0: (laughs) a lot of it you're going to need a uh, whole lot of luck
1: i don't think you need a whole lot of luck that's where i disagree like i think where you look at it i can see the results fall in their it really feels like the mls is back tournament where i was having this conversation with mike conti going into the last day and and he was like you and saying you know if, even if they win tonight it's not going to be enough and i'm like i can see the results falling their way very easily and ultimately they did if they had won against columbus in that tournament they would have moved on even you know the way they played if they'd won that last game they'd have moved on i can see them winning these games i could see the other results happening and but the way they're currently playing, I just don't know what changes it. I don't know what it is that changes this team getting the first goal.
0: Well, it's I think so Miami's getting three points against Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, and that's still not enough to bury you. That's the thing. Is like that game, yeah, that's that is the one that you look at and you say, okay, one of these teams in this, and either, this gaggle of teams, either is DC be United favored. or
0: Montreal are gonna get three points. And that's Not necessarily. Well, they play each other.
1: I know, but there, you have a draw. Even one
0: point, though, is that I mean,
1: yeah, that could be the one that does it. Like that's the thing is, is it could fall that way. It really easily could, but none of that matters because you have to do something you haven't done in a long time, which is win back-to-back games.
0: The first two games of the season.
1: Yeah, you got to score first. it's it feels so much more magnified than it's been you've got to score first. And we haven't seen that in a while, have we?
0: No. Um their last win Atlanta United scored first. Uh and that came DC. Yeah, DC Ford was it wait, was it DC?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. It was DC. That is crazy. Yeah, they they're just uh I think it's a team needing leaders. It's a team needing someone to get on the field and just threaten to whoop somebody's butt if they don't do what they're supposed to do, um, and they don't have that right now. Nope. but that's neither here or there. All right, Jason, what do you have upcoming?
1: Ah, tomorrow, Overreaction Thursday. I'm sure it's going to be loads of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, twitch.tv slash Soccer Down Here, the Soccer Down Here app, which you can download (laughs) for Android or iOS. SoccerDownHere.net, you can listen and watch. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I'm as frustrated as anybody else. Uh, I wish I knew what to tell you that would fix it. I wish I had the magic formula. I don't. Um, It's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. And this was the game that kind of – encapsulated it. I'll, I'll tell you what I was hoping for in that about 20 minutes after the Orlando third goal and Kubo Torres's goal. Uh-huh. I wanted somebody to kick an Orlando player. It was getting to that point where it was like, you need somebody to show that you're angry about the way this is going. Because even though you played your best game of the three that you've lost here, it doesn't matter. You're down three nil to your rival. Like, you needed somebody to show anger. Eric Romady did a little bit when he came on.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: But that's the, that's the little things. Those are the intangibles that we can go through stat sheets, you know, for, for days and they don't show up. They're, they're not in there. That this team lacks at times. They, they lack a little bit of that fire, that nastiness that they need to have in these moments. They've got to find it before Sunday. They've got to. Or they're, they're, they can't get what they need. That they've got to find that to get six points in these last two
0: games. So what would get the team – I have an idea as to – and I don't know if I'm going to share it – as to what would get uh, no, the team gotta fired it. up. you got to
1: share it in a written column, Doug. You've got you to get people to – Well, to come let me here. ask
0: you first. Now, I hate doing that. What would be – what would get the team fired up? If, because the playoffs, the idea of making the playoffs don't seem to get, be getting the team fired up. What would get the team fired up? And, and I will print out Stephen Glass has already said, the guys are playing for their jobs for the next manager and that doesn't seem to get them fired up. What would get them fired up?
1: I don't know. That's the thing is, is you're at the point where it feels like you would normally have a captain or a, a player in the, in the locker room, make it clear that this is do or die this weekend. And I don't know who that is. I just I don't know, and that you know everything else has been laid on the table. You're right. I mean it's it's obvious that people are playing for jobs because you know when you have a season like this, you're not going to have everybody come back. Um, there's not a whole lot else you know left. There's no more threats to make. You know it's it feels like it's got to come from an inside the locker room at this point, point. and I just don't know who is going to make that speech, who is going to say those things. And the hard thing is you don't really have – I mean, Friday, I, I hope, I guess, you'll have a, a full training session. And it feels like that's got to be it. That's You've got to have something happen Friday that makes this team look differently in the beginning stages on Sunday. It's got to come on Friday. There, there's no other time for it.
0: Here's one thing that, and that would – maybe get the guys fired up. Maybe. And I only bring it up because it happened last year. If someone were to announce their retirement, this is it for me. Maybe that would get the guys fired up. Um, maybe. At this point, I don't know who that would be. Um, and I want, I want to bring this up because I'm so tired of seeing this tweet. It's much like the uh, – Play Carlton tweets in 2017, and the play Huzetu tweets earlier this season, and the oh god, I mean there's been a thousand of them. Um, but now the it's the uh, and this has been going all season, blaming Frank DeBoer for the tearing apart of last year's team to this year. So oh, that's a new one. Oh, it's been going all season, Frank. De, <laughs> if if this team's supporters thought that Frank DeBoer wanted to see one of the best, two of the best midfielders, and Julian Gressel and Hector Viaba, be traded and sold. You're nuts. If you wanted to see Leandro Gonzalez Perez sold, you're nuts. If he did, he wouldn't have started him after the MLS All Star game. That's a fact. And he continued to start him because he played well. You, coaches aren't dumb and Frank didn't hold grudges. Um, let's go through the rest of the list. Fiaba wanted guarantees of playing time. Those could not be made. So he wanted to leave. That's how it is.
1: And he hasn't performed in Paraguay. Nope.
0: Either. And he hasn't performed in Paraguay. Um, who else left that I'm free? I mean, Brandon Vasquez, I would argue that Atlanta United could have done better to keep him on the protected list, but at the same time, he could have been asked to be left unprotected because he probably wanted some playing time that he couldn't get from Atlanta United, for yeah. example. Um, who else? Uh, I'm missing some other players, but those are some of the, the, the highlights. Um, you can blame Frank DeBoer for the playing style for last season. That's totally fine, and I wouldn't argue with you. But to blame him for blowing up of the team is just factually wrong. And so just let it go.
1: (laughs) That one doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you look at it for more than two minutes.
0: Uh, I'm just tired of uh, writing the same tweet over and over and over again. Um, And what else do we have? We're going to have Atlanta United availability, I assume, on Friday because the game is on Sunday. I'll have a follow tomorrow. You've got this podcast. You've got the game story. You've got the what was said. I've got to figure out a sidebar because I can't keep writing the same thing over and over again. Um, but I guess I'm going to have to as to if there are still six points to play for, which would be a playoff spot more than likely. Um, all right, Jason, how do people find you on social media?
1: I'm um, at Long Shoe on all of the social media platforms except for TikTok. I don't do any TikTok um, or Snapchat, so you're not going to find me there. <laughs> uh, you can also follow Soccer Down here at Soccer Down here on all of those same platforms.
0: Are you on ExchangeGram? Are you on that platform? I know that one. <laughs> you need to watch the internship or interns or whatever it was. Um, Owen Wilson and uh, Vince Vaughn. That that was their idea. They're, they're interns at the like the equivalent of Google, right? And he he comes up with the idea for Exchangeagram, which is basically Instagram. But he doesn't know Instagram, and all the kids are getting mad at him because he keeps seeing the same things over and over again, and they keep saying that's Instagram, and he keeps saying no, it's Exchangeagram. Oh, so gee. I always throw that out to my kids just to make them mad. Um, <laughs> so here, let me ask you this real quick before before I let you go. Why okay. does San Jose's field have? Bright neon green spots all over it.
1: What now? Say that again.
0: San Jose's field. That that the beautiful, you know, huh. field at the end of the airport with the world's longest mark. Yeah. Has little neon green spots all over it. And it always has. And I don't know why. Um, and I put it, it out there on Twitter, and somebody who may be an agronomist actually answered the question, but I don't want facts. I want like fun humorous theories so i'm looking for a fun humorous theory for you
1: okay i remember when we were there in 2018 there were a whole bunch of large birds pecking at the ground before the game um it was very strange uh i thought maybe there's like i don't know worms or or other bugs or things that have found their way into the field and birds are maybe picking at it and the grass is growing back weird i don't know that's my theory
0: was it california condors because that would be really cool
1: i don't think they were that big oh condors, come on just say they
0: were condors just say they were condors
1: well, maybe they were baby condors
0: okay i'll take that uh now someone said it's actually a mix of and i don't know why this is true it's a mix of bermuda grass with the rye grass and way back in the day california outlawed bermuda grass as a noxious weed that interfered with field crops. This is according to Embriano Jr. on Twitter, at I-M-B-R-I-A-N-O-J-R on I know him. Twitter. Um, so go to him for all of your agronomy questions, uh, especially regarding MLS stadiums.
1: Excellent.
0: All right, so there know. you go. All right, well, let's wrap this nonsense up because I've been talking way too much. Orlando, 4-1, to October 28th. 2020 that line dotted remains on 19 points. It's got some work uh, to try to accomplish, to make it to the MLS playoffs. Uh, Jason is slightly more optimistic than I am. There is a hurricane coming into the state tomorrow. Please be safe uh, for that. And for COVID please vote. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to soccer down here.net. Please follow Jason on social media and Twitter. As well as Mike Conti and John Nelson and the guys at Dirty South and the guys at Siempre and the guys at Mouse of the South and the Athletic and Dirty South Soccer and Joe Patrick and Rob Usry and Sam Jones. And if you're listening to this from outside Atlanta, follow your local newspaper because they need your subscriptions for a whole lot of reasons. Atlanta United, four to one losers to Orlando City tonight, two games left. At least in this MLS season.
1: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nigat, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the
0: AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal Constitution.
1: And I'm Ned Ravone, and lifestyle columnist.